Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it's a How I Got Here version of the podcast with Kara Adams, who is the Chief Engineer for Bridgestone America's Motorsports, and that job includes overseeing all of the Firestone tires that are used in the IndyCar series. So that's a pretty crucial job. You have to think about, if you're a NASCAR fan, you know, if the Chief Engineer for Goodyear making big calls on what tire to bring to what tracks, designing the tires, things like that. Kara's done that all. She's in charge of the team that does that now and obviously plays a crucial role in IndyCar racing. She was nice enough to take some time and sit down with me during Indy 500 week. So let's see how she got to where she is today. All right, everybody, I'm here with Kara Adams. And Kara, first of all, thank you for doing this. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. Um, so before we get started on your career path, can you explain to the listeners what you do now? I am chief engineer for Bridgestone America's Motorsports, and I manage our very talented race tire development team. And so what does that entail exactly for people that aren't super familiar with uh, the IndyCar side of things? So myself and my team of mechanical engineers, chemical engineers, chemists, and technicians, we design and develop all of the tires used in the Verizon IndyCar series. So there's a lot of work that goes on back in Akron, Ohio, where our home base is, and tire production and tire testing, all of those things we do to develop the tires. And we come to all of the IndyCar series races to make sure everything is going well with the tires, anybody that has any questions, and make sure the drivers can get the most performance out of their tires. So how did this whole thing get started for you? Did you grow up and like have this as, as your dream at all? Like what, what, where did it begin? So my grandfather was an engineer on the launch team for NASA. So he got to work on the space shuttle missions, the Apollo missions, and I always thought NASA would be really cool. Um, I didn't know much about racing. My family, they're not sports people. We're not into sportsing. Um, they, so they, they, um, they didn't really watch much racing, if any. And when I went to school for engineering, I wandered down into the machine shop down in the basement of the University of Akron, their engineering building, and they were putting something together. I was asking about what it was, and it was a Formula SAE car. So they were doing all of the machining, all of the designing, and I didn't know much about cars or tools or anything at all. All I knew was that something about rebuilding a carburetor is what you did with cars. That's my dad had an old Volkswagen Beetle, and that's all he did was rebuild that carburetor. So I started to learn about machine tools. That's where I learned how to use a mill, a lathe, all of that. We built the car. I got to ride in a friend's fast car, and between that, driving in the SAE car, and then winning tickets on the radio to go see a champ car race, I just fell in love with the mechanics of the car, how the car worked, how the car shifted under load. Those are the things that I really fell in love with. So what would have happened in your life had you never gone down the basement and seen that car? I don't know. I think I might have gone the route that my little sister has. She's actually an engineer for Boeing, and she works on finite element analysis, and now she's doing project management for Boeing. So I might have gone the airplane route had I never gotten interested in the cars. Wow. So once you were interested in cars, um, you get out of college, and what's, what's your first step in your actual career? So when I first graduated, there weren't too many jobs in the automotive field. It was right after a downturn. Um, I ended up at Bridgestone, and I was working in our tire vehicle dynamics group. Now, I knew Bridgestone, Firestone had a phenomenal history in motorsports. 
I didn't know how far back it went. I didn't realize it went back all the way to 1911 in the very first Indy 500 where Ray Haroon and his Marmon Wasp drove into victory on Firestone tires. But I did know that they had they were in Champ Car at the time and they were in Indy Car, so I did know that there was that history there. And when I when it started with the company, I basically talked to the manager at the time and I said, hey, I really, really want to work in race tire development. How can I get that role? What do I need to be able to do? What kind of what are you looking for? You're in your ideal engineer. So he went back and he talked to some of his engineers and he said, well, we really want somebody who understands vehicle dynamics, somebody who can do programming, specifically MATLAB, and somebody who understands tire force and moment behavior. And I thought, okay, well, I have a little bit of vehicle dynamics background. I don't know much about Firestone or the the force moment behavior at all, but I'm going to learn. So I just spent some nights and weekends and any kind of project that I could volunteer for at my vehicle dynamics job that might involve me in racing later, I did. So like you're literally taking your free time, not necessarily as part of the job and being like, I'm studying for a, a job that is on the horizon. I don't know if I'm ever going to get this, but I'm just going to further my own knowledge so I can try to go after this goal. Yeah, I don't have that job yet, but until I have it, I'm going to buy the textbooks and take notes. I, my husband was always laughing at me, writing down notes for something that I wasn't quite actually doing yet. So that's a really good point. So that, and I did a lot of rebuilding of cars on my own. Um, so that helped me get to the point where once I got into IndyCar, I could relate with the mechanics. I could relate with the engineers because I understood what it meant to rebuild an engine and some of the stuff that goes into making your suspension improved. So what was the big break then from the time that you're seeing this on the horizon as like a dream to when it actually started to become a reality for you? Um, I'm not sure if there's one single big break, but there was one person that moved on from race tire development over into production, and that job became available. So when I went into interview, it was like I had the answer key. So I had already talked to the team to know what they needed. So I walked into there, and it was like, well, now I know a whole lot about vehicle dynamics. I can program really well in MATLAB, and I volunteered for a program to build a force moment tire model of a passenger car and update the steering system of the force moment model. So because I had all those, it was like I had checked off every box that they had and what they were looking for in an engineer. So that's that's super interesting because a lot of the series that I've done this year, it's like, you know, you meet someone and this person says you should go here. It seems like in your situation, you went out, you made yourself like the best qualified candidate. And then it was going to be impossible at that point to not give you this position when it was open. That was my goal, make it impossible for them not to hire me. So I, I it was there was a really, really great candidate who was also very highly qualified for this role. But again, I had that I had that just a little extra that I already, I did it and I wasn't going to let it, I wasn't going to let them say no. How did it um, evolve once you got into the garage here to your current position? So when I started out for the Firestone Racing Group, I was actually designing the street course tires. So when I started out, Long Beach, St. Pete, Toronto, those were all my my construction. So they were already well-developed constructions that I was making tuning and small tweaks on. So talking to the drivers after they get out of their cars and saying, all right, with, at this street course, is there anything that you wanted more? Is there anything that the tire didn't give you that you were looking for? So I started working on road course tires um, about 
five or six years ago, I started working on all of the oval tires, the oval development. So anything from a super speedway, a short oval to Indy, which are all very different animals. Um, working on those tires, there's a lot more changes that you make on oval tires than you do on a street course tire. Street course tire is pretty, pretty good for every street course, but oval tires are very specific to the track. If you tried to run a Milwaukee tire at Texas, it wouldn't work so well and vice versa. You wouldn't have any grip at Milwaukee if you tried to do a, a, a Texas tire or even an Indy tire. So working with that a lot, learning a lot about that, um, taking charge of the force moment testing program for racing. And then last year I worked a lot even with like track rental. So I got to know people from uh, Iowa Speedway and from Texas and from Indy because I'm working with the tracks to try to get tire testing to happen. So working with a team. So um, the person that came before me, Dale Harrigal, who was in this role, really helped prepare me for this chief engineer role. So how long does it take you to get the respect of everybody in the garage and get to know people? Because anytime you walk into a new environment, I feel like, I mean, I've only been to a few IndyCar races, and I feel like it's a foreign world compared to NASCAR because it's familiar. How long did it take you to get um, comfortable enough in your job to where you can really start to shine? So I'm going to go back to the management that I had before. So before Dale, we had Paige, and Paige was really good about introducing me to teams and basically giving a little bit of my backstory and saying she's excellent, she's really smart, you need to listen to what she says. So really early, my management helped me by setting the stage for my eventual performance. That helped, and it, once a team has a question about something and you're able to present a solution that they hadn't thought of before, that builds street cred really quickly. So the fact that you can understand what they're talking about, the fact that you can understand something outside of just the area you worked on, work on, just tires, um, to be able to show something like that, it it goes it does wonders what's next for you do you see yourself in this role just like as far as you can as far as the horizon goes now I really like what I'm doing right now. Um, it is, it's very technical, challenge, technically challenging, yet I get to do a lot of leadership. I have a fantastic team of engineers. To see them develop and get better is really, really rewarding. So before I became manager, it was all about what the best tire I could do and what I could do. And now it's about the team. So now it's about seeing them get better in what they're doing and them to be able to come up with better and better tires. So I, it's a really challenging role, but it's really rewarding as well. If somebody's listening to this and they're like, man, that sounds like a really, really cool job. I would love to do that someday. What's the career path? How, how should they get started? So first of all, education is really important. So I, an engineering degree, um, there are a lot of great engineering schools. I have to give it out to University of Akron. They had a phenomenal Formula SAE program where we actually won one of the early years I was on the team um, out of 110 schools or so. So getting involved in a extracurricular program like Formula SAE or Baja or one of these one of these programs where actually designing and building something, it's that hands-on that you're doing in some of these collegiate projects collegiate projects where you're actually really learning about team building and project management and a lot of the things that you don't get in a thermodynamics class. All of the classes are important, but that extracurricular stuff is pretty huge. And then the other thing is just talking to people that are in the industry. If you're an IndyCar fan, I was telling somebody earlier that there was a young lady that came up to me in Milwaukee about 2007, and she said she was interested in science and wanted to do engineering. She liked racing. So I kept in touch with her all the way 
way through when she graduated high school, all the way through college, through her first job, and now she's an engineer at Harley-Davidson. So it's really neat to be able to follow her career. I had a young lady come up to me uh, a couple of races ago, and she was actually asking for my autograph. And I thought, you've got the wrong person. I'm not a driver. And she said, no, no, I know who you are. I just wanted to talk to you. And so I've kept in touch with her. It's actually the beginning of last year she came to talk to me. So I've been kept in touch with her through her, her high school career. So it's, it's been neat. That's really, really cool. I love the story. Thank you so much for sharing it, and thanks so much for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jeff. All right, everybody. So there you have it. Really appreciate Kara taking the time to do that. And, man, some of that terminology, I'm like, I have no idea what this sounds like a foreign language to me. You know, I don't know about any of that stuff, but uh, pretty fascinating to hear how she just worked for it. And another example, you know, sort of a common theme in this series this year is, how much work you have to put in to get to where it is. Nobody seems to just end up at these places by chance. So definitely a great example of that. I have a couple patron shout outs I want to give this week on the podcast. And these are people who pledge $10 or more a month on my Patreon page. One of the reward tiers is that you get a podcast shout out. So I want to thank Austin Frederick and Catherine Gaskell for their support. Thank you guys so much. As part of that support, Using the money to get to Pocono Raceway this week, I'm actually on my way there now, and I will be doing a post-race podcast with a media member who is yet to be determined there in Long Pond, Pennsylvania, and I will also be recording next week's 12 questions and how I got here interviews while I'm in Pocono. So thanks to those of you who are getting me to these racetracks, really appreciate that so I can get the interviews for these podcasts. So that's all for now. Thank you so much as always for listening and I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Buck Podcast.